You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Well, how you doing? You doing good? I am, I am doing great, by the way. Nobody asked, I just thought I'd tell you. I'm doing really good. I am so happy to be here. I had coffee. I had the cold brew. I told them I shouldn't have done it. They gave it to me anyway, and more, I'm just like lit up right now. Whew. I'm going to start running back and forth. You know that song? Run it. No, I won't. I promise. But it was so good. You got to get some back there. We're good to have that open. But I am Brian Cox. Okay, I am one of the pastors here. And I get a chance to speak today and continue our series, What God is Really Like. It's been a fun series, and if you're visiting today, we are okay, I promise you. A few of us are a little crazy, but we love Jesus, right? Amen? Amen. And we are glad you're with us. If you're online, hey there, we see you. I know we have some people visiting from Pennsylvania today, back there. Glad to have you guys, and maybe those out there watching, we are so glad to have you. Well, last week, we, could, we started a a series, what God is really like, and I started with uh, naming some bands that I, I had known when I was a teenager back in 1980-something, okay? Okay. You're laughing at me. I can feel it. But I was naming some names off, and I was very surprised at some of you that knew the bands. It just shows me where you are spiritually. Uh, some of you were saying uh, Metallica, Megadeth, that came from the pastor, I think. Judas Priest, ACDC, that got people going. Def Leppard, I had a scream for that. But this is one band that actually had a, a song, I Want to Rock. Okay? Okay. And they had a great question at the front of it. And so I just want to recap a little bit. This, this, actually, this is what they look like before we do that. This is a picture of them. This is the way to start Sunday morning, right? This is how me and A look backstage before we come out. We don't have the makeup, though, I promise. But, yeah, it's pretty scary, but they had a song that asked this question. What do you want to do with your life? Now, that's a question we ask all the time, okay? I'm sure you've probably been asked that today. What do you do? What do you do for a living? We're constantly asking that question. It's, it's so important to us to know what we're doing in our career. I talk to guys all the time that want to go into ministry. They're not really sure what they're saying yet, I don't think. But they, they think they know what they want to do with their life. And I say, you know, that's great. Dreams are great. I love dreamers. I'm a dreamer. This is a dream we're in right now. God's dream. Marathon Church. And I love that part. But what I think we confuse with what we do or who we are with what's important we think what we do is more important. And I'm here to say that's not what I think is more important about you or about me. Okay? I think there's something way more important about who you are, where you come from, what you do, and it matters. In fact, how we think about God matters. Okay? We learned this last week. How you think about God and how you think he thinks about you that's a lot of think-abouts, matters. 
how you think about God and how you think he thinks about you. It matters. And we're going to look at uh, Luke P. and Hannah B. again. Last week we had we did the rose thing. I don't normally use a lot of bachelorette illustrations, but this one's working. Okay. And Hannah P., or excuse me, Hannah B., uh, was was saying they, they had like a little fight on the show you know years ago and, and they were like she's saying that I've done all these bad things yes yeah but she's saying it's okay God still loves me it's all right God loves me he's forgiven me he's weak he's tolerant and then Luke P wore the badge of the Christian and he is saying no God judges God is strong God punishes sin and we learned last week that. Both of them have portions of God right. They're just not telling the whole story. It's not the whole picture. Yes, there's portions of God there. And so what happens to us as we go through life, as you're here today, your family, whoever you hang out with, helps determine how you think God is or who God is. You think you know who he's like because you're in this room today. You're assuming today you know who God's like, according to the song, or according to how I'm talking, according to a lot of things you assume. And see, what I want to help you do today is we know nothing about what God's like except through the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us a clear picture of who God is, and it's very exciting when you learn who he really is, because when you learn who God is, this is what happens. How we think about God will determine who we are, what we become, and how we act. Okay? How you think about God and how you think he thinks about you will determine who you become, who you are, and how you act. Now, I don't know if you believe that or not. But I think it's very important if you look at your life right now, if I say, when you think about God, what do you think about? Right now, just say, just thank God. What do you think about? It's tough to get life right when we've got God wrong. And see, if you get that wrong, we do like Luke P. and Hannah B. We start picking a side. I'm going to be the judger. I'm going to be the forgiver. And we don't understand who God is. And Jesus gave a very clear picture with these parables of who he really is. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. First of all, I always have stuff hidden behind the TV. Lay that right there. We'll get back to that in a minute. Hey, David. I see y'all smiling over there. That's good. That's my smiling section. He smiles the whole time. I'm not sure why. But let me tell you this story. Well, I, I, I told a story about Cassidy last week, which is my oldest daughter, okay? She's 18 now. And Lily, my 12-year-old, I'm not sure she's in here, she was, I think, a little bit jealous that I didn't tell one about her. So I'm going to tell you a story about her, this real simple story. Okay, so I'm trying to put together this message, and I'm, I'm thinking, I need something about something being lost, okay? So I said, Lily, tell me a story about a time when you lost something, okay? 
She thought for a minute, and she said, okay, I remember. I said, well, what was it? She said, well, you remember when I played soccer on the church team, the church soccer team? I said, yeah, you're like five years old, six years old. Now, this is a long time ago. I said, yeah, you know, what did you lose? And I'm thinking, she's going to say, I lost uh, my shoe, I lost a bracelet, hair bow, I don't know. I said, so what did you lose? And she, she looked at me, she said, well, we lost every game we played. I'm like, really? That was her problem. From six years ago, she had never let it go that they had lost every game. I hate losing. I like, I'm very competitive. I like to win. But you know how it feels to lose. It's a terrible feeling. And Jesus is telling this in that context. I'm going to give you another one, though, that I want to really... I just talk about my family all the time. I guess I love them. But this was an example of a, a trip we took to Disney World, 2004. Anybody been there with a five-year-old? Maybe, I see some people with babies. I've never understood that. But the baby in the Cinderella ride, I don't know. But we take her early, and I know why. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I know why, because we want her to love the princesses. Okay, we want her to see the prince and the princess and light up. And she dressed up, and she goes to, you know, this ball and dinner and the food's really great and all this. It's amazing. They sign their books and and we did that. This was before we had Lily. This is just Cassidy. And we got back to the bus. You know, they have those buses you get in and you have to get in there with 50,000 other people and go to your hotel. That was my favorite ride, their air-conditioned bus. But you get in there, and all of a sudden, Cassie's in the floor in the bus, and she's crying. I'm like, what is going on? That's normal, actually, for a five-year-old. But this time, it was a, a cry of, I'm losing it kind of cry. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, the little, it, she's losing it. And I'm like, what's going on? And Brenda's like, well, she can't find her blankie. Oh, my gosh. This is like horrible news. This is tragedy. This is tragic. So we look around. We still can't find it. I get back on the bus, go back to Disney. I walked every inch of that park. One of them. Epcot, I guess. Every story. Have you seen a blankie? Have you seen a blankie? They're like, no. What? Go away. Went to Lost and Found. It's, I, I was describing the blankie. You know, had little ears on it. And this is how desperate I was. I mean, really, it was that serious, y'all. This is not, I'm not playing. It, this was serious stuff. Because if we don't get blanky, we don't get to sleep. Okay? And so, unfortunately, I never found it. That's sad. To this day, Cassidy still talks about it. No lie. She still misses that blankie. In fact, we bought her this one when she graduated high school. Just to give it to her. And I say all that, you're like, what does that got to do with anything? Well, when you lose something so valuable, something that's part of you, that's a terrible feeling to be lost. Have you ever been lost somewhere in your car? 
GPS don't work? You're in the mountains? I have. You're, you know, I know when I was a kid, I get lost all the time. We'd go shopping and I'd just hide in the clothes bin or the clothes where the clothes hang. I'd just hide in there and mama gets so mad at me. But that feeling of losing something, that feeling of losing your wallet, you know, that, that, you know what I'm talking about. You get what I'm saying? That gut feeling, it's terrible. You can't get over it. And you can't stop thinking about it. It, it, it consumes you, pretty much. And that's what Jesus was doing in this context of this story. He's wanting you to understand what lost means. It's not just a cute story. He really means when you lose something, how serious that is to him. So he starts telling these stories, okay? I'm just going to give you a recap of the stories. And this is the prodigal son we're going to talk about in a minute, but I want to lead up to that with this. So Jesus is talking to the crowd. Imagine this crowd, okay? Just imagine it for me for a minute. You got 100, 200, 300 people out here. Okay, on the front row right here, we got the tax collectors. Y'all look like tax collectors right there. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's not a compliment. Okay, there's some right there too. I know what's over here. That's the center section. If I've ever seen it, right there. Amen? Yeah, head center right there in the green. Y'all see him, y'all pray for him. See, they love Jesus. See? They're the, they love this. They want Jesus to just mess them up. Tell them religious people how stupid they are. Because we can't stand them. They love Jesus. And then you got the third crowd. Okay? They stand like this. They don't smile. That's not you. Nobody wants to be them, I can tell. If I, if I point to you, you're going to be like, that's not me. Maybe you're online. Maybe that's you. Maybe online, you're that one. But the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they couldn't stand what Jesus was saying. He threw this different way of thinking that God has, wants a relationship with you? Really? No, no, that ain't possible. How could God have a relationship with these people? With that guy? Really? And that guy? How? And you? God wants a relationship with you. So then he goes and tells another story. He said, he talked about the, well, let me tell you about the coin first. The coin, he said, it's not that very emotional, but he thought he could, you know, start off this way. He said, a lady had a coin, or had 10 coins. She lost one. 90 cent on the dollar. A lot of us wouldn't care about a penny under the couch, would we? Wouldn't mean a whole lot. But to her, it meant something. She did everything. She turned the lamp on. She moved the couch over. She had friends looking with her until she found it. And when she found it, she celebrated. She texted everybody, I found the penny. I found it. I found it. And she was so happy. That's what Jesus is saying. They're like, well, how is this like Jesus? How is this like God? Makes no sense. We said, let me tell you another one. There was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. And he lost one. Oh, okay. But this shepherd was very adventurous. Okay? He had a hundred sheep in the pen, one got out. What did he do? He went out into the night, left all the 99 to find the one. 
probably stuck in a ditch somewhere, and he lifts that animal up, puts it on his shoulder, and walks back into the pen and said, I have all hundred now. They're all back home. And he celebrated, and he told everyone, my sheep that I had lost is home. The pen is full. I'm like, okay, that's great. But what's this got to do with God? So he tells another story. And this is what we're going to look at. The prodigal son. And I'm just going to read through the scriptures a little bit. And we're going to talk about it. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this estate. So he divided his property between him. Basically what he's saying is, Father, you look like you're doing really well. You're not going to die any, anytime soon. You know, you're doing good. You're playing a lot of golf. So would you just go ahead and give me my money? What he's saying is, it's better off that you're dead. It's better that you just die and give me my money so I can go do what I want to do. I want my freedom. I want to be independent of the family. Y'all recognize that? Have y'all ever seen that happen before? I don't want to be under the Father's provision anymore. I want to go do my own thing. My way. I want to live it up because I know better than the Father. So that's what he did. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, which was what his father gave him. All he had was what the father gave him, okay? Set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. Now, I, got, I was reading this a couple of times and I kept, I kept noticing that the famine, severe famine, I'm like, it didn't have to be in there really. You know, it really didn't have to be. Why do you think Jesus put that in there? I think it relates to us in a lot of ways. You know, we kind of do our own thing. Right now, some of you in this room, you're probably doing your own thing. You know, you're probably, you know, I'm going to do my way. I got, I got it happening. I know what's going on. But see, there comes a time when famine hits the country. There comes a circumstance in your life that's going to require you to think a minute and stop a minute. It happens to all of us. There's no one in this room that will not need God one day. Listening online, here in this room, wherever you are, one day, you will need God. You will need the Father. I don't know what that circumstance looks like. Happened to me. God moved me from doing my own thing in my own career, and he just turned it around. And I'm standing up here today in front of you. Because God knew better than me. He knew what was better for me. And I'm under his provision, under his care now. Okay? So he went and hired himself out. This is kind of what we do. We find a way to get by. We just run out and find a job, right? Because we're not going home yet. Okay? To a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And in that day, that was very disgusting. 
For a Jewish kid to be feeding the pigs was very disgusting, and the religious leaders were probably losing it by then. How dare him say such a thing? He's trying to make a a major point here. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I want to ask you this question. Why do so many of us have the tendency to run? Why do we have that tendency to run? Why? I mean, you may think you're not running because you're in church today. That doesn't mean anything. This is, a, this is a great way to just cover up where you are in your life. But where you are in your relationship with God, personally, do you have that relationship with Him as a father? I think, because, I think a lot of the reason we don't have that relationship or we run from God is because of this. Without a proper view of the Father, we will always be tempted to run away from home. Listen. You with me? You with me? Look at me. Until you understand the love of the Father, you will always run away. The love of the Father is not a great church service. The love of the Father is not a great message. It's not, a, it's not something you, you know, you just read in your Bible, even though that's great. He wants a personal relationship. He wants you to know that when you walk away, then when you move, when you go away, when you're lost, he is hurting. He feels it. He knows you're gone, and he's looking for you down the road. Every day of your life, every minute, every second, every hour, he is looking at you. He sees you where you are. He knows where you are in your life. I realized that recently in my life, that God doesn't just want to be with me in what I do. <laughs> he wants to be my friend, my father. He wants a relationship like no other. I wish you could see the father the way he sees you. We miss the Father's heart. We always end up away from home. You're going to miss it if you don't understand who he is. So I want to show you a video I think will really help you understand the heart of the Father. Watch this. To Amanda, my beautiful daughter. Christmas. He was talking about how God is always ready 
to give us a second chance. And he read that same story that I used to read you when you were younger. A story about a son who gets angry with his father, runs away, loses everything that he once loved. But then, eventually, the boy realizes what he's lost and he decides to go home. He's ashamed of what he's done. And when he arrives home, the father is there. The father is waiting for him. But before the boy can even get to the house, the father runs to him and embraces him, and he welcomes him back home. The child gets a second chance. The way it's written, it seems like, like he, even if the son never came home, the father would still have been waiting. That's how much he loved his child. I've been thinking a lot about this story lately. I don't know everything that's been going on these last few years. I know that you've been let down by others. I know that working three jobs was exhausting. I know that being a single mother was a huge responsibility. You may have felt like you were doing the best thing for Will when you left. Or maybe you didn't, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot more that I don't know. A lot of pain and hurt and pressure that you're feeling. I don't claim to understand it all. But I do know that I miss my daughter. And so does your little one. And so does your mother. I'd like to think that that, that story from the Bible that's us, me, and you. On the day you come home, I'll be there. I'll run out to you, and I'll hug you, and I'll throw the biggest party that you've ever seen. I would be endlessly happy for you to be home. But... I'm afraid it might not happen that way. The cancer is spreading my lungs, and each day has become more and more difficult to endure. Part of why I'm writing this letter is just to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I might be gone before you return, but I still hope you do with or without me. It may not be easy. You may feel like you don't belong anymore. We don't always get the chance to fix all the things that get broken in life. There's a whole world of I'm sorry's that may never get spoken. We may not get to say all the goodbyes. And if I don't get to see you or smile again, if I don't get another chance to tell you you're beautiful, if I don't get to be there for Christmas dinner or to wrap the presents with the kids, if I'm not there, then I just want you to know one thing. 
the story is still true. You'll always be welcome home. Some people will give you a second chance. Some might not. But I know Reverend Alberts was right. God will always give you a second chance. He will always be there, ready for you, waiting for you. And I'll do the same as long as I can. And if not, then I hope you get this letter. Know that I adore you. With love, Dad. to you by Kleenex. What a story. Sometimes we just need to know God loves us. Maybe in the quiet of this moment right now. Just like in this video, this son hit rock bottom just like maybe some of you have hit rock bottom or maybe you're not there yet maybe you're still waiting doing your thing but you know Jesus will always be standing on the porch God will always be looking down the road. I love this verse. I think this verse, this is the centerpiece of our story today is this verse right here. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He didn't care what he'd done. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Imagine that day. Son probably coming home, walking through the town. Everybody says, oh, there he is. That's that kid. That's that one. Messed up. That's that one that messed up. That's that one that hurt his daddy. He's no good. And the father sees him coming over the, the hill and he sees his head. He said, hey, wait, I think that, is that my, that's my son. I see him. He'd never stop looking. And then he runs. I'm not going to run from here today, okay? But he runs as fast as he can in that robe. Probably wasn't good to run in that. But he ran, and when he got there, he hugged him. Have you ever seen those uh, shows or those videos where these troops come home and their family hug one another? It's like that moment. This is not just a, just a Bible story. This is, this is real love. This is, and I can imagine the father picks him up. And he says, yeah, yeah. And he slings around. He says, yeah, my son 
his home. And he's so excited. And his son says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a, I got a letter. I got a note I want to read you. And the father says, I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't need to hear your speech. Some of us have a speech ready. Maybe you have your speech ready. But see, you don't need perfect words to come home. You don't need to have the perfect words to come home. You just need to have a heart that's coming this way and points toward the Father. Because He's standing right here. And when He sees you come over the hill, He's going to run. That's how much He loves you. That's how much excitement He has when He finds you. he got up and went to his father some of you are there today you need to make that choice maybe to get up to move toward the father when he came to his senses I love that verse when he came to himself when he realized what was going on when that circumstance comes in your life and you figure it out maybe not today maybe when you go home maybe next week But that time comes in your life when you come to your senses and you understand that the Father's love for you is greater and more important than anything you could ever imagine in this life. There's nothing more important than the Father's love. Nothing. Not money, not job, not relationship. Father, I have sinned. That's his speech. You may think that today that you've sinned. And you're too far off, you are not. But it, I'm going to read what he did. He said, but Father, when he saw him, he said, quick, bring the robe and put it on and bring the ring, put on his finger and sandals on his feet. It's outside he is. He said, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Hire the band. We got a band. Right back here. A good one. He said, call the caterer. I want mac and cheese. Mashed potatoes and gravy, green bean casserole, fried chicken, peach cobbler. Man, I'm so hungry right now. But he said, let's celebrate. Let's get it all together. My son is home. He is home. I don't care where he's been. He's just home. I don't care what he's done. He is home. What was lost is now found. What was dead is now alive. That's what he says here. Well, this son of mine was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost, but now he was found. I want to ask you to come back home today. You've heard about the Father. You know what he's like. You've heard his love for you. I'm going to use this little illustration again. My little bunny. This is the new one. But you know what I remember? I remember the old one. Okay? It smelled really bad. I'm going to tell you. You have no idea. I mean, it had throw up on it, spit, slobber, dried spinach casserole or something. So dirty. This, this is white. What, what we had was, it, what, you couldn't wash it out. We couldn't. 
had an ear that had been chewed off by the dog. But I'll tell you something about that blankie that Cassidy had. I don't know why. Why God tends to want to make me speechless every time I get up here. I apologize. I just. My words cannot express to you the love of God. What Cassidy would rather have is the old blankie. With all its smells, with all its dirt. You see, you may feel like that. You, you're. You know, you look at the old one, you think it's just, it's useless. It has no use. Just throw it away and get a new one. No. What's more valuable to her is the old one. The dirty one. She loves that thing, that rabbit, whatever it was, that blankie, more today than she did five years ago or 20 years ago. I don't know how old she is, 15 years ago. She's going to hate me for that. But what I'm saying is, that's the Father's love. You don't have to come to Him all shiny and new. He wants you as you are. He sees you today as you are. And He's standing on the porch saying, Come home. Come on. You see, Jesus took all of that dirt (laughs) all of that crap if I could say that in church all that bad stuff he took it on himself and he went to the cross because after he told those stories his eyes were on the cross and just like the father opens his arms Jesus opened his and he opened his arms so that you me and anyone in this room or watching online that you could come down the road that anyone could come down that road no matter where you've been what you've done how dirty you are because you were lost and he's looking for you look at me listen listen to me everybody with me Father is waiting and looking for you right now. He sees you right now. He sees you where you are right now. If you would, let's let's stand together. See, some of you, it's hard to get there, isn't it? It's hard to just do this like that. Because we've, we've been away from God, it seems like forever. We haven't been able to come to church. We've gotten these habits that we just, okay, maybe we'll throw church in there. Maybe we'll throw God in there when, you know, we can't. 
See, when you see the Father for who He is, when you really see the Father for who He is, not a church service, you will move toward Him. I believe this in my heart more than anything. When you experience Him personally, one-on-one with God, it will change your life. It will change you inside and out. It will do that to you. Once you understand how much He loves you, how much He did to make sure you were here in this room today or watching online. If you're listening, God is speaking to you today. I don't know how He's speaking to you. Maybe you've run away. Maybe you've been coming to church and you just need to start over. I need, to, I need to get back with God. I need to just put Him back in my life. Because I realize today that He loves me more than anything and wants a relationship. So here's what we're going to do, okay? Something we had not done in a while. We're going to open this altar up today. Okay? You don't have to come if you don't want to. But this altar is open for those who would like to pray. Just come down and say, God, I just want to pray. I just want to thank you for what you've done in my life. Maybe some of you need to come down. This, at 9.30, we had some people come down rededicating their life. Amazing time what God was doing. Because God is real in this place today. And I know he's speaking to some of you. I just want to pray right now before we continue because I know that we need to just let God do what he does. And let's, let's pray together. Bow your heads with me. Let's just pray. Father, as we just sit in your presence this morning, I know there are those in their heart, they want to come, they want to find you, they want to come down that road today. And I pray that you would begin to encourage them, to show them how to do that today. I know some have this big wall up. <laughs> and I get it. I've been there. Where I, you just rather stay where you are and not move because you just, you're just so afraid. I pray that you would break that wall down. That you would begin to knock the walls down and they would begin to see you for who you are. That your love would begin to wrap this room with your arms and online just reach through this camera whatever father you need to do to press on the hearts of those who need you now if you'd like to pray today I'm just going to say you come on down to the altar if you just like to pray you can do that it is open if you want to pray and thank God for what he's done I'm inviting you come on down if you'd like to come down and pray. Come on.
It's open. Now some of you, you may not know God today. You may not have that relationship with Him. So let's bow our heads once more. I want to give you a chance to do that today. What a, what a great thing to happen today that you come home to Him. He's done so much to make this day possible. If you'd like to accept Christ today, all you have to do is just pray with me. It's that simple. If you'd like to do that online, you can do that where you are. Just pray with me. It's a very simple prayer, just asking God if He would come in your heart. Move toward Him today. Move toward Him. All right, let's pray together. If you'd like to receive Christ, I want you to pray with me now, okay? Here we go. Say, Father, I am a sinner. I ask that you would come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I'm ready to come home. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us at MarathonChurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at MarathonChurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.